Hi, my name is Peter Maestri, and you're listening to Divorce the First Six Months. If you are someone who is about to go through a divorce, or maybe you're healing from one, then you're in the right place. This conversation and the stories you're going to listen to focus on people who have gone through a divorce, and more importantly, how they navigated through it. Having said that, let's get right into it. Just, um, you know, other people making those same comments, like being brave to do what I did, you know, to walk away from a marriage, because not a lot of people, you know, would do that. And being able to be financially blessed in order to do that. Some people cannot, it, you know, it breaks my heart when I hear men and women that just run into some of those financial constraints and I have hope and plan to be able to remedy, remedy that one day. But until then, you know, that, you know, that kind of, that's a sad moment um, sometimes as well. My credit wasn't the best exiting my marriage because my ex has the best credit because I was paying for everything. But, um, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't at a place where it needed to be. So that's kind of a sad, disappointing moment. And um, because I had great credit going into the marriage and exiting out did not, but, you know, now it's, it's better. A, a sad moment, having a child going through divorce, children are resilient, but they still have their moments. And I'll never forget my daughter saying to me one day after school, when she realized, it was probably three or four months, and this is a sad and a happy moment, and I think it talk, talks to the relationship that my ex and I have, but one day after school, I could just tell she was despondent, you know, something was on her mind, and this is three months into our separation, I said, you know, what's going on, and it was a Friday afternoon, and I remember she was just like, this feels like death, and I was like, what, <laughs> what, and she's like, this feels like death. I get like tear when I think about it. She's like, this feels like death. Like when I'm with the other parent and not with the other parent, it feels like the other parent has died. I do not like this. And so she's like, you know, and my child is very calm, cool, collective, but I mean, she's just bawling sitting on the couch. And so I'm crying in the kitchen and I'm like, well, I don't like it either. Like, you know, like, and I was on to like, I don't like it either. And, but this is what mommy had to do, you know, and I, and I would tell my ex, it's like, when I told him that day, that this marriage has not brought out the best in me, like at all. And I was like, honestly, I don't think it's brought out the best of you. When you said that, Peter, about the best version of ourself, I want to go back to that because I want to share something that he said that made me feel comfortable, that triggered, you know, why did you stay or like, you know, some things like that. But that was a sad moment when she said that, all upset crying. So I reached out to him and he's like, yes, yeah, she's expressed the same thing to me why didn't you tell me you could have, you know, set me, you know, help me up here. <laughs> what ended up happening out of that was I said, what can we do? You know? And I forgot that one of the, um, one of the things that she missed was on Saturdays, we would go out, you know, Sam's, it wasn't like spending family time like that, Sam's, whatever, go have lunch. So she missed that. She missed those moments of, even though it was out shopping, doing things, but having lunch. And so she asked about that. She's like, can we get, get together for dinner or lunch? And I'm like, I don't want to sell, sell on a false narrative, but we started doing that. And it lasted for a couple months. We're on a Saturday, we would meet for lunch or sometimes on a Sunday, you know, after he and I went to our respective churches and that helped with that transition. So we turn a sad moment and work together for our daughter. And we have moments like that, you know, and, and I know him well enough when I know I'm pushing too hard of like, this needs to happen. This is happening on your week, things like that. But also walking away for him to process that then to come back and say, how are we going to handle it? So we do, we are cordial with each other. Um, you know, we have our moments, but we are very cordial with, cordial with each other. But I would, that's a definitely when I think back, like that was a hard moment. I mean, so hard. 
so, so, so hard. Um, and another, but I, I'm glad we had that conversation because I remember later on in that year, she made a comment when she realized that we were not getting back together because she'd make comments like, well, when you find your house or when, you know, after this year, you and dad will find a house together. So having to tell her that's not going to happen. And we actually had that conversation with her together because we told her separately we were separating. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I wish we would have done it together, but I think we both were at different feelings. It was probably best we did it separately, but, um, and she knew. And then, but when we, when she had made that comment and she made the same comment to him, we talked to her together and she was sad, but she wasn't as sad as she had been when she made that comment about death, because by that time she was used to it. So her whole thing was like, well, I hope y'all, you guys will continue to be nice to each other because if you're ever mean with, to each other, I don't think I can take it. And that's brilliant. And for a child to say it, it probably echoes louder than if anybody else would. Because, yes. you know, they're, they're coming from a pure vision. They're looking at you from love and what they want. Yeah. So, and unity, which is what, you know, how you created the child, right? You know, that's how it starts. Yes. I, I want to go back and I want to reinforce something that you said. And that's the relatedness. Um, you said you were a woman of color and you said that your therapist was divorced. And I really want to accentuate that because I think that's super important. I think that once you said it, I'm like, I, I can't brush over this. I can't just hear it. I have to go back and I have to reinforce this because mm -hmm. being related and relatable is huge because we as yes. humans, when we have that, we have access to another level of conversation, another level of healing. So for those of you that are out there that are listening, if you are a woman of color, if you are somebody who's divorced, if you have a therapist that's been divorced, they're going to relate to you differently. Yes. It's just, that's just how it goes. Somebody's not going to understand your struggle if they haven't been through it. So when you're looking for someone, make sure that they understand you. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it, that's just how it goes. You, you, and that's important. And I'm glad that you had access to that because it heals you on a different level. Yes, it does. I mean, she went through, she's probably maybe five or six years older than me. Mm -hmm. I'm in my early forties going to say I'm mid forties in, in a minute here, you know, in a couple of years, but, um, so she even did dating apps, you know, we recently talked about Valentine's day and her, you know, she, her dog has, has passed, but when she's like, maybe you need to re re uh, recreate what Valentine's day means to you. Cause I can't stand. Well, up until this year, I cannot stay in Valentine's day. Never do my marriage. That's the story for another day. But anyway, but she, you know, given examples like that, you're right. When someone has gone through that and even, to me, a therapist, sometimes we go into therapy thinking, oh, it's about this, it's about that. I feel like I've been very blessed with the two therapists I've had in my life that they've been like, no, it's not. Like, okay, I'm going to listen to you, but let's address these other issues. I know sometimes some people don't have that. Like I have a, um, a good friend and her therapist has shown up for her in different ways, but I remember she made a comment to me and she's like, your therapist just seems like she gets you and she's wanted to drop her therapist off and on. And I <laughs> I said, well, what are you going to your therapist with? If you're just sitting in there just talking and, excuse me, if you're just sitting there just talking and about your dating and this guy and all that, but you're not asking for help. You're not, this is why I need. I'm like, I'm paying for this. So I'm asking, you know, more recently in the fall, realizing my procrastination getting the best of me. I remember ca calling her, texting her in, you know, in tears, having talked to my girlfriend's you know, about what was going on. And 
you know, she fit me in. And usually I never miss this one weekly standard meeting that I have at my university, but I missed it because my mental health is more important than sitting in a two hour meeting mm -hmm. with my colleagues. Uh, and that's very rare for me to say, because this is a, you know, weekly standard meeting, but I text my boss and said, I need to take a sick day, you know, and I'll catch up with you later, find out what I missed. He's like, that's fine. And in that meeting, I said to her, I know this has nothing to do with this guy and all this like, I am breaking down and I'm feeling things in disarray. And the other helpful thing about her is that she has been a college professor. She, well, she still teaches, she teaches counseling students. And so to break down what was happening and then to give me like, hey, you're trying to grade 20 papers in one night, stop. Yeah. Like, you know, break down five and five, you know, to someone, you know, to say that. And so a lot of times, um, and that's just very rare. And I think even like we're talking about therapists, Peter, but even in our, our friend circle, our network, our tribe, you know, even like that, it's, it's good to have friends that may have not gone through divorce, but if you can find one or two that can just understand when you're just having a moment. They just break it down. They understand. It's like anything. It's like, I'm not going to go to a, a golf instructor to, you know, to work on my tennis game. You know what I mean? It just, it's logic. Yes. It's logical. And if you're going to apply logic, do it. You know what I mean? Don't just say yes just because they have a title. You know, look at look at where that title came from. And the same thing with your with lawyers and with mediators yes. and with everybody. All across the board, the one common denominator inside of a divorce or any type of human conversation is that we're human. And the ones that you have empathy, whether you have empath or uh, accessible to you or not, you have empathy for people when um, you know when you've experienced it. Because then you have something to share. You're coming from a different yes. Place. I think that's so important. We don't think about that on, um, is it okay if I say about my podcast? You I don't say anything you want. This okay. But, for us. <laughs> but I was just going to say recently on my podcast, I followed up on the episode I did about taking care, taking care of you. And I had a therapist on there. And one of the things she, and we talked about, what do you look for in a therapist? And so she even recommended consulting, you know, get a chance, just don't go right in there. Say you're my person. You know, she's like, you know, have a, most therapists should give you a consultation and a chance to make sure there's a good fit. And, um, and my therapist actually was a life coach before she became, you know, a psychologist before she went into this field and went back and received her doctor. So I also think that that helps with the balance. So she was always really big on women and work-life balance and being able to still show up in your marriage or your relationship as just like you show up in your, in your work. And so that's what she would work with career women on. And, um, and so having that, you know, having that balance. So she, she's also coming from that perspective too, as well, not just, okay, working through, working this way through with you, but because of her life coaching skills, she can have that great balance, you know, for that. So, so where can they find this podcast and how to let's do a little plug just in case somebody wants to follow up with you that way they have the information inside. Of yes. This yeah. And Peter's podcast is great. So hopefully you've been listening to all his episodes, but <laughs> It's coffee and divorce chat, and it's uh, very similar. Um, what drew me to your podcast, Peter, is what reason why I started mine too. Just sharing stories yeah. and just trying to make help people feel comfortable. So the first two seasons, that's why I dedicated my podcast. I was going through, started my divorce process after the separation. I started the podcast around that time, just talking about what I was going through and those steps. And then now I'm focusing more on bringing on guests and providing resources and um, 
and just, you know, connecting people to resources that they may not be aware of. There are a lot of resources on social media, but you may not know which ones are beneficial or where you even go start. So that's been a goal this year, but coffee and divorce chats on all the, on all the platforms, Apple, Spotify, everything, Google podcast. Yeah. And guys go listen, come back and finish the, the episode with Kay, <laughs> with Dr. Banks, but definitely go listen. This conversation started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable. So I'm challenging you. Share yourself and your story. Be courageous. Be vulnerable. It makes a difference.